Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Go ahead, break it down, Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Coming up on TMS. Yo, these speakers are the sh- I don't like squeaky teeth. Drive backwards and it says Paul is dead. William Tell lost his new grooves. When did Neil Diamond jump the shark? Hello, all that and a supreme tubular beef experience. You got fungus in my hot chocolate. Four inches is very subjective. Bernie poo later. Squeak, kill me. Squeak, kill me. Squeak, kill me. Lie, bot. Damn it, Jim, I'm a hunter, not a paleontologist. They're British if it helps. Tactile drafting with Bill. Dinosaur or Hootie Patootie with Bobby and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Frank Sinkowitz, the 1942 Heisman Trophy winner from Georgia, died early today at his Athens home. He was 70 degrees. Hi, I'm Louie Pearl, and I love making bubbles. This is the morning stream. The hell you say? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TMS. It's Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson. That's Brian Ibbett. Hi, Brian. Oh, hi, Scott. Hello. Hey, man. Look, I got in this drink oh. cup here, this uh, Contigo freaking thermos deal. Yeah. What you got? What I you got, got in there? Something Kim calls. Um, mushroom. I don't know what it's called actually. But I'm out. It's, it's I'm out. <laughs> it's like coffee-ish or almost okay. hot cocoa-ish. Like it's an infused. So you're you're against grinding uh, beans that grow on trees that have been roasted and and. Uh, oh, I'm not against it. Go for it. You, you call it dirt water, but then you're gonna like have mushroom tea. <laughs> well, that's what's. Well, I guess it would be kind of a tea. Then you're right. That's what to call yeah. it. Um, it yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. I'm it's, surprised. It's either it's either a soup if the mushrooms are still in there, but if the mushrooms have been removed, then it's a tea. Yeah, <laughs> it tastes. I'm getting kind of a. Um, I don't know what to compare this to. Almost like a hot chocolate, but not sweet. Hmm. It's kind of what it's like. It doesn't taste like mushrooms. 
Wow. Which is weird. And it's supposed to be good but, for you. It's supposed to be like all like... chocolate. Uh, interesting. Yeah, right. I know. It's really interesting. So anyway, that's what I'm drinking today, everybody. It, they make a bunch of claims on their box like uh, improves cognitive function and sure. makes you smart or whatever. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> can, makes your ship go. Yeah, makes it go. It's Packlid uh, chocolate tea. Anyway, we'll see how I do with it for the uh, thing of the show. Maybe it'll go straight through me and I got to take a big old dump mid-show. I don't know. I don't know. Right. It's right. mushrooms. Well, does, do mushrooms usually do that to you? Like uh, if you have mushrooms like on a salad or pizza or something like if that? If you have a bunch they, of them, uh, yeah. I mean, they're high in fiber. So I would think they, you know, they go straight sure. to, your, to, to your goober, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, uh, we got a we got a couple things here. So Steve, my brother-in-law, Steve. Yes. Uh, he wrote or sent me a text and says, "Hey, you know that that street you were talking about in California, where it's the musical road, you know, where you drive yeah. on yeah, it. Yeah, the one that to... plays the William Tell Overture, and uh, yeah, but does so poorly. <laughs> it was a eight-minute video. Uh, the first seven minutes of which is the guy <laughs> describing how he's driving on the musical road. That's right. That's the one." Uh, he said, this is, you know, we talked about the one in, was it Turkey or Hungary, whatever it was, that was like Hungary. Really, uh, there was some song we didn't recognize, but was, um, but it was really was good, much better than the, yeah. Yeah. It sounded legit, had like a cadence and a, and a beat and everything. Yeah. And this one sounded terrible. Well, he says there's a reason they built it wrong twice. Oh, no, really? Okay. Yeah. And Tell now it's just stuck. So I'm going to play a little bit of a YouTube video I found that describes this. Um, and we'll just hear his description part of it because we've heard the road. Hey before, YouTube, uh, a lot of people have been asking me to make this video, um, you know. So I'm going to tell you all about <laughs> it. But before I do that, make sure to click like and subscribe so you don't miss any of my original content. By the way, this video is sponsored by Wix. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You're close. <laughs> no, you're not. You're actually not too close. He's but this video has 19 million views, and uh, he's a British man, which helps. Uh, so here's okay. here's right. that. <laughs> <laughs> they do it better over there. It always helps when it's a British man, I think. Yeah. All right, here you go. Let's get a little sound going here. If you drive down a certain stretch of highway in the California desert, you will hear music. It's supposed to sound a little bit like this. That's how it's supposed to sound, see? Yeah. With drums and strings. But instead, and, uh... it sounds like this. There's the actual sound. So he explains all that, and then he goes on, and this is only like a four-minute video, but he goes on later to explain that that when they did it, somebody told them, the engineers, the guys who designed this, mm -hmm. said, hey, uh, the way this works is from groove to groove, you've got to put so many inches. Right. And right. that's how we get a note and a beat and whatever. Sure, uh, exactly. And, you, and if you don't do that, it's going to be mixed up. Well, they didn't understand and didn't ask so they went from, so if it was four inches, they said, oh, okay, he said four inches. Is that from the beginning of the groove to the beginning of the next groove? Or is that mm. from end of groove to beginning of next groove? Right, like, right. Where they didn't ask. So they're kind of all over the place, and they completely left it up. And the first, the first go around was bad. <laughs> they're like five different people working on it, and each of the five are cutting grooves at a different, uh, different. Yeah, uh, and no one's asking. No one's asking. Yeah, no one's sure, this sure. typical freaking waste of municipal funds. So then sure. they go and they try it again because they're so unhappy with it, and they do the same exact thing except they reverse it or something. They do it like the other way, the wrong measurement. Anyway, at the end of the day, the bottom line is the whole thing was just a complete kerfuffle. And the reason when you ride on it, it doesn't sound right is because they never actually freaking got it right. 
They just wasted it. They wasted the money, whatever money that took. I don't know if it was, yeah. you know, yeah. it may have been a lot. It may have not been a lot. But because the right hand and the left hand never knew what each other was doing, it's it's just completely fouled up. So what's the freaking oh. point of even going through with it? Just smooth it out no and not have it, you know? Do they have sound of what the first go-round sounded like? Like yeah. if, the, if the second one sounds as bad as it does. Oh, this one doesn't. This is because they paved over it, so he's he's paved, only got okay. what they've so, got. Yeah. But there, there's no like recording, audio recording of what the first one sounded like before they paved over it. Not that I know of. Not that I could find. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, I, I did some digging hear. around. I'd love but, to know what that sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, I love this idea that it's just, it's just a complete f up, and no wonder. Like we're listening to the one in Hungary, or uh, uh, yeah. yeah, in Hungary, and it's just like, oh. Wow, why aren't all roads made to be this fun? Why can't we I mean, do this you everywhere? Know, couldn't it just be a case of uh, we waited or they waited to see how to do it? We showed them how not to do it, and then because we did that, it, it was better. Like, is that the? I don't know. Like, Who knows? You know, basically, they they learn from our mistakes instead of making them on their own. I mean, probably. Hungarians. Hungarians. What do they do? I mean, really? Yeah. Who who names their country after a state of uh, starvation? I'm hungry. (laughs) You know? Right. Who indeed? Maybe Hungary needs to merge with Turkey and then they won't be hungry anymore. Get it? Ah, yeah. Except the problem is the Greece. Oh, I didn't think about that. You have to throw Greece in there. Nobody wants those Greece islands. Nobody yes, they wants do. Greasy turkey. I'd go to Greece. I'd go in there now if I could. That'd be cool. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, anyway, so there's that. Thanks, Steve, for uh, for uh, poking me about that. Real quick here, yeah. um, just a shout out to Joe and his son. I don't know the uh, the details. I just know they were in the ER for some reason, and the TMS oh. yesterday like got them through a very rough day in the ER. And um, I wanted to give Joe and his son a shout out. And it sounds like he's oh. okay, getting the care he needs okay. for whatever Good. it was. Um, I mean, we hope your son's okay and that uh, nothing long term. But I'm glad to hear. I always happy to hear when the show is like you know meaningful for people in hard situations. Yeah, yeah. When people because uh, we get those emails that always you know make my day is like, hey, I was having a crappy day yesterday, but you're you know hearing the show brighten things up and uh, thanks for what you do and blah blah blah. So yeah, it's always nice. Keep, keep those emails coming because they recharge our batteries. They do. My sure. batteries sometimes they get low. And they you, refill our heart containers, is what they do. That's right. It's, it's, and makes it so honest. I can turn on my heart light <laughs> and let <laughs> it, it shine. Make it shine you go. <laughs> America. Make it cast a lovely glow <laughs> for all the world to see. I'm kind of in the mood for him today. Neil Diamond? Yeah. Is that weird that I want to hear Neil Diamond? Like, un- it's weird unironically? That that song, because that is, uh, for me, 100% post shark jumping neil diamond oh it's not good there's no, no yeah you're not no. wrong but there's but, something about you know, it give me uh give me crackling rosie give me brother loves traveling medicine show or whatever it's called i am i said yeah you know that stuff I am, and then, I said. but once once he started turning into the character that will ferrell eventually uh did of him <laughs> that was that was the shark jump, jumping moment and i hate to say it but that song "Hello Again," as much as I love it, and as as uh, 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 earwormy as it is, "Hello Again," "Hello," yeah. uh, that was about the point. <laughs> that was about the shark jump. Yeah, he was getting out then. Um, yeah. still with us? Is he performing? Let's see. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you know he's. Um, 
Let's see. I'm trying to find this here. Neil oh, Diamond. Forever in blue jeans. Yeah, Larry Kenobi. That's such a great one. Uh, Money talks. <laughs> and uh, and don't get me started on the uh, the Sweet Caroline. Uh, oh, Sweet Caroline. Uh, debacle. Ba, ba, ba. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but you're... the whole so good, so good. He's not saying uh, things are so good, so good. He's saying good times never seem so good, mm. right? Like he's he's comparing these great times we're having to other times. He's not saying, oh, these good times are so good, so everyone's repeating so good, so good, so good. No, he's saying good times never felt so good. Mm. And and those repeating those words, no, it's a it's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Put my foot down with American. Wrap that one with American cheese, and uh, there you go. Yeah, put on the armor of American cheese on that opinion, and uh, no one, no one will have a problem with it. Um, I forgot he did that Longfellow serenade song. I like that song. Longfellow serenade. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I know that one. Seventy four, I think. Let's see. Uh, How does it go? I can't remember how this goes. Is there is there a version of it here somewhere? Ah, that one's. That one's uh, in my head. But anyway, I'm, I'm in the mood. I don't know why. I'm just going to go do like a greatest hits listen. Just, just unironically enjoy go. some Neil Diamond today. That's there you go. go. Stop after track uh, nine or something. Yeah. Wherever wherever uh, things start going off the tracks. I wonder. Let me see, actually. Let's take a look at Neil Diamond greatest hits. I'm sure there are no less than 12 Neil Diamond greatest hits albums. Um, we'll go with the most popular one, which is All Time Greatest Hits Deluxe Edition. Oh, that's the most. That, that's weird. When your yeah. when your greatest hits is your best selling album, that's always weird. Well, isn't it? no, I did a search specifically for Neil Diamond greatest hits. Oh, gotcha. Okay, but it it doesn't surprise me. I th- I would think that his his greatest hits are are his most popular yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, Brother Loves Traveling Salvation Show, Sweet Caroline, Holly Holy, Solitary Man, Forever in Blue Jeans. We're all we're so good right now. Uh, oh yeah, Suleiman, uh, uh, I am I said, Crunchy Granola Sweet. We're all so good. Play me, uh, Kentucky Woman. Whoa, what's happening? You don't bring me flowers. What's going on? Song sung blue. Oh no. Oh, I take that back because we still have Cracklin' Rosie, Cherry Cherry, <laughs> Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. No, we're still we're back on. We're back on. Uh, when do we get America? Did you already say that one? The, no, I've not the gotten there. It's uh, all right. Love on the Rocks might be. Ain't no big surprise. Yeah, the last. You get the burger and I'll get the fries. <laughs> is, that, is that how it goes? I think so. Yeah. I think I think that might be it. Because then you get into Hello Again, America. Yeah. Uh, Heartlight. Uh, the Boat That I Row. Thank the Lord. Oh, thank the Lord for the nighttime. I feel like that one must have come out earlier because that's one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah. That is a good one. You're right. But he kind of did. He, he, he kind of had a Chicago thing happen to him, you know? Right. Right. They just hit a weird thing in the 80s and they're like, Oh, yes. I guess everybody wants said, this, so we're doing this now. And they said, uh, sorry, Peter Cetera, you've uh, taken us down. You've turned us into elevator music. Yeah. Uh, go on your own and make some some Karate Kid stuff. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, see you later. Have a good one. Have a good life. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let you guys know how that goes. But yeah. Joe and your son, we hope uh, we hope things work out. <laughs> hey. Well, uh, <laughs> it really derailed from uh, Joe and his son, but... We have uh, we have good news. If you were sitting around on your thumbs and needles, thumbs and needles, uh, pins and needles, 
uh, waiting for Marvel Snap to happen. We talked about it yesterday. It's out today, so go download it and play it. Uh, it's available on all mo- mobile devices. And uh, we got some news about where it also is heading uh, from Luke and Boulder, who often pipes in and lets us know things. Yeah. So he said in the following email. Send and receive email. Uh, the morning stream at gmail.com. He says, howdy, gents. Like Brian, I've been playing Marvel Snap throughout the beta. Just wanted to add two quick notes on y'all's discussion today. Uh, number one. <laughs> You can play Marvel Snap on M1 Max. Just search for the Marvel Snap app in the Mac App Store. Awesome. I'm going to do that. Still not showing up for me yet in the App Store, but I'm sure at some point it will. Probably should. Yeah. It was a little hard finding it on the phone, honestly. Oh, really? It, it uh, like, I didn't, I didn't even have to use your link you sent me. It was, it's on the front page of the app store the very top of the front page oh they're they're promoting it if you do a search it hasn't propagated their search yet so if you do a search for it it's like 20 down or that would make sense yeah Yeah, Yeah. that's part part of the problem anyway number two you can pre-register for early access to marvel snap on steam here and he gave us a steam uh steam link won't officially be released until sometime in 2023 but it is coming to steam uh for ios m1 max and android though global launch today woohoo says luke and boulder yeah, it's exciting stuff. I'm glad it's coming that to is. Steam. I think that's going to be huge for them to have that on a on a on a big PC platform. I think so too. It'll be fun to play it on uh, the Steam Deck if my iPad is doing something or my phone is doing something. And yeah. but the but you'll need the horizontal the horizontal view will almost be required for Steam Deck. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're doing that. So they have to for all of it for Steam. And if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna take it out of a portrait mode type game, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta do it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there's your. You know, there's your little catch up this morning. You know, some 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 things there to, yeah. to mull over, think about. So uh, yeah, so you know, we'll we'll um, we're here. If you have questions, if you have, uh, yeah. maybe we should add a channel to the uh, uh, the Frog Pans Discord or something, but um, for people to talk about the game. Yeah, if you guys have questions, I'll bet Brian has answers. He's played a lot. I have answers. I can give you answers. Yep. It's a big. Just waiting uh, to see, golly! I just this ding tutorial. I'm gonna do it after the show, but uh, I thought it would be like tap all your cards and content are downloaded. Boom, we're done, and and now uh, we're set. But nope, we got to redo so far, that too. Made me go through three AI, you know, AI opponent games, and it's like, all right, we'll just we'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, you got to tutorial that business. That's how it works. Yeah. Well, thanks, Second Dinner. We appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Ben Brode. Thanks, Mr. Hey, Brode. Ben hey. Brode here. Ben Brode, the voice of God. Ben Brode. <laughs> here now, I present you this. It's time for the news, and it's brought to you by... Getting J-Dogs after a clean run at the dentist. Went to the dentist <laughs> yesterday. No issues. No no, uh, no cavities or any of that crap. Sure. Got a sure. new hygienist. She didn't know about the nerve area, but she so she hit it, and it was a little sad for a moment, but it's fine. Whatever we worked out. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like uh, that hitting that nerve just makes you feel like you're alive. It just reminds you of, hey, I'm a... I'm a mortal man. Yep. and uh, I'm a living, breathing being who has sensitive nerves in his face. <laughs> it's a good thing to wake up to. Anyway, I went and did that right after the show yesterday, and it all went fine. And this particular dentist always gives us free J-Dog coupons for, be- for really? coming in. Yeah, they have some deal with them. And J-Dog's <laughs> is this local, amazing hot dog place that you just oh so good i could eat there every day. if there was one near me i'd be screwed yeah. i'd be so screwed okay but, wait a minute because my dentist gives me uh yet another 
toothbrush that I'll, like, that I'll never use because <laughs> I bought an electric toothbrush, Sonicare, through them to get the discount. Yeah. Um, the tiniest tube of toothpaste that always goes in my travel bag with the other 14. Yep. Uh, some floss, a little tiny thing of floss, and uh, and then the business card that tells me the next date. You're getting freaking lunch coupons, free hot free. dogs, free what not the hell? not even just the hot dogs, and these aren't just hot dogs. These are like big, long, not foot long, but like big, thick, beefy or pol- you can get Polish or beef. Yeah, they cut them diagonally and cook them right there on the grill as you're watching. They're big and just juicy and amazing. They put those on there, and then you then you can just go. I put everything on there, but you can choose all the stuff to go on there. So I'm putting yeah. kraut and fresh onions and the sauce they make and um, uh, uh, celery salt and just all this stuff, and load it up. Yeah. Jalapenos are really good there because they're not the they're not the horrible too hot kind that are gonna make you yeah. have Bernie poo later. They're, pickled, they're perfect. They are pickled though, as opposed to just a they're a little sliced. more. They're not pickled, but they're more. I don't know if they're. How does it work with hot with peppers? If the longer, the older they are, the more hot they are. Isn't that the deal? Or is it when oh, they're I younger, they're or when they're more? I just thought the smaller ones were hotter because they're you know it's like a con- someone, condensed area. <laughs> someone explained this to me once, and I just I can't freaking remember. There's really? something that's about, interesting. If I mean, you mean left on the tree longer, they get hotter, or uh, I think it's even if you so if you cut them up and bottle them, preserve them. As soon as they're ripe and ready, that they're hotter then than if you give it some time and let them age. I have never heard that, but I I, I don't doubt it. I don't. Uh, I do. I do believe you. Sounds something like that. But anyway, so you put all that on there. You load that boat up, and then they uh, also comes with chips and drinks and all that stuff. It's a whole meal you get for free mm-hmm. from the dentist. Mm-hmm. And the food there, oh, it's so freaking good! I love it so much. And as soon as she like pulled out the coupons, I like I made a I made a squeal noise. I made a sound. <laughs> and she says to Campbell, "He's easy to please." She says, and I'm like, "Yeah, these are J Dog coupons." Are you kidding me? <laughs> do they still give you the toothbrush and the toothpaste and all that stuff, or yeah. do they just replace all that? So you get all that and a hot dog. Yeah, we get all that and a hot dog as well. Sorry, a supreme tubular beef <laughs> experience. <laughs> Immersive meat uh, time. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's a uh, whatever the opposite of like going into a Seven Eleven and pulling something off that roller thing with yeah, the, the hot dog. Whatever the opposite of that is is what these are. They're so good. Anyway, wow. uh, so we did that and it was amazing, and I'm I'm glad we did. That's yeah. All I'm okay. Uh, it's the only reason I like going to the dentist is I know I'm going to get J Dog. <laughs> it's kind of it is, you know, thinking about it, that would be a very nice uh, carrot at the end of the stick. I think uh, that's. I think they and, know it too, so that's why they do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They're like people hate it here. We should make them hate it less. It's kind of yeah. what they say. Yeah. Uh, all right. First story today. We got some. Uh, we got some cows in the news. Cattle, right. cattle, if you will. You know. Okay, I will. Uh-huh. Uh, cow dung sneakers and dog hair rugs. These are <laughs> new innovations in what's called upcycling in Singapore. Or it was part of Singapore Design Week, but it's anyway okay. they're showing off this stuff. So if you want some speakers, I say sneakers. I meant speakers. You said sneakers, so I meant speakers. Uh, speakers. It's even, not, it's you even, know, it's even weirder though, right? Uh, ju- you know, uh, yeah, maybe just as weird, but. Certainly not less weird. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I mean, the idea that you could take anything and make a speaker out of it that isn't normal, whatever speakers are made out of. I guess they're usually made yeah. out of 
plastics. Uh, well, wood on the outside, and then a um, a fiber uh, fiber thing for the actual woofer and tweeter. Yeah, I assume I assume that's a lot of I don't know a lot of plastic or silicone or I don't I don't know what they make that stuff out of. But in this case, Southeast Asia has a waste problem. Uh, the region accounts for over half of the ten countries in which the most plastic pollution leaks into rivers and seas, according to the World Bank. Uh, in addition to their own production, countries like Malaysia and Vietnam are among the leading importers of consumer waste from the developed world. That'd be us, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps then is a little surprise, or it's it's little uh, it's it is little surprise that recycling, reusing, and repurposing were major themes at this year's Singapore Design Week. I'd never even heard of this. Uh, along the ten day program, which concluded Sunday, local and international designers grappled with environmental threats and the role. Uh, design can play in alleviating them. Many of the most innovative examples of upcycling were found at the event's Find Design Fair, which spotlighted the work of young creatives from around the region. The showcase dubbed Emerge was a broadened scope, uh, but there was a kind of a broad trash-to-treasure theme, they say. Uh, and two of the things were speakers made out of cow shit. <laughs> and, I mean, and think about this. Cow poop is like a fibrous kind of cross-stitchy little thing. You ever good, got a good look at a cow poop up close? I have. Uh, yeah, I, I apparently haven't seen the ones that look like needlepoint. I mean, I've seen <laughs> the ones that have hay like uh, going all throughout there, but uh, you, you're, you're apparently seeing some sort of uh, Hobby Lobby uh, remnant. <clears throat> well, uh, I think here. I think that probably the idea, it's a little like my mushroom tea thing over here. They, uh, they probably compress that all down into some kind of <laughs> You know, mushed up material and flatten it out, and then you know, I don't know if it reeks or not. If you play too much yeah, bass, I would be curious to see. Like, all right, what are they? Are they making the entire speaker out of cow poop or just the case? I don't think they uh, say. Um, obviously, you know, there's some electronics in there, so those can't be those can't be made. Uh, um, oh, oh, here it is. Here's a picture. Okay. Um, all right, I'm gonna take a look I'm at it right now. CNN.com. I'm a little bit shocked by this photo. It's not at all what I pictured. So Brian, here I'll put this in uh, here. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm on the. Oh, there it is, right there. Yeah. All right, so it's the case. The it's case the is case. Uh, made of poop, and then okay. the speakers itself. The speakers are just regular ass speakers. They're still woofer. It's still your separate woofer and tweeter, but it, now it looks like a Dr. Seuss character. Yeah, and I think what they've done is let's see. Cow dung is a natural material, but it's also responsible for polluting water and emitting gases like methane and ammonia. So to counter the environmental impact of farming, uh, they developed a... Oh, so this wasn't even so much to... I'm thinking of it the opposite way. Like, oh, the materials to make speakers are ruining the environment. No, it's the other way around. It's all this cow dung is ruining the environment. So we need to repurpose that stuff to be less of a landfill. Gotcha. Okay. And in the process, you know, they're they're saving other materials, right? They're saving the wood that would normally be the outside of the case. So um, there's a, a benefit there. Here's what they say. A team led by... Someone can't read their name, who is also a teacher and researcher. Blah blah blah. <laughs> He's it's, sorry. There's an institute of technology called the Bandung Institute of uh, Technology. That's perfect. That's perfect. We're banning dung. Yep, I'm, I think it's great that he works there. Anyway, uh, they clean the dung with water, which then removes the smell. It is then combined with scrap plastic and wood glue in a mold before being dried at low heat until hard. That's it. That's your speaker. I'd use that's that awesome. on a table. I, that's fine. Oh, for sure. No problem. 
Send me one. It's, kinda, it's a really cool looking speaker. And if there's no smell, if there's no uh, bacteria or anything like that, uh, you know, then I'm, then I'm, I think I'm on board. Yep. It's pretty good. Uh, here's another one. Let's see. Washing machine tube lamps. That kind of looks cool. Like it's, that does look cool. Yeah. I would use that one. I don't even yeah. know. I don't even know what to make of it, but I'd use it. I know. I like how, you know, it's got a bar that it's basically plugged, both ends plugged into a bar and you just kind of like drape it over all silly. Yeah. All silly. What is the light, do you suppose? Is that just LEDs in there or something? What is that? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Inserting LED strips into flexible hoses and then you bend them into shapes. He calls it scribble. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Plastic waste furniture. I'm always a big fan of that. Those look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, dog yeah. hair rugs. Here we go. Dog hair. Oh, okay. So they're not. <laughs> I've got one of those. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, I, didn't have to... <laughs> I didn't buy it like that, but it is now. Um, yeah. No, what they do, I guess. I was thinking maybe they. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the dog situation in Singapore is. Are they still eating them like mm-hmm. in parts of Korea or whatever? But no, what it is is their dog grooming services uh, cut off over two pounds of fur a day. Uh, per play. Anyway, it's a ton of stuff. So they want to, they want to, let's see, it's not a major pollutant, but their idea is like, Hey, what if we took just the hair from, you know, cleaning these dogs. Right. And like all the rugs. stuff that they brush out and trim off with the trimmers and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. It's pretty cool. They that's also cool. saw a flexible sawdust, which is like this crazy. Yeah. I wonder what, what the polymer is that kind of connects all those. Yeah. I don't know what that what that is and then then as you scroll down there's a whole thing about nude and nude art and censorship laid bare that has nothing to do with this story but i guess i can see that ladies <laughs> what are you gonna do what are you gonna do it just came up it's on the internet you know yeah just yeah. ran into it um all right here's the story right, i'm not <clears throat> seeing what you're seeing but maybe i better not better not look for it <laughs> keep, keep scrolling do you, do you not see the very bottom of the page if you keep scrolling that page no so under so like you've got that weird blue uh fan yeah and then another block of text and then and then i have a big blank space is that where the oh uh, you might be blocking it or something oh oh you mean this rena fukushi explores her experiences with identity the next what I think happened, I bet, I bet you're getting a random, we're getting random, uh, we're articles. getting random recommended articles yeah. based on yeah, what yeah. we've, <laughs> you see it, what we've previously viewed on CNN, apparently. Yeah. We always go to CNN for our soft core pornography. <laughs> exactly. Um, a school superintendent, uh, they're often called principals here. <clears throat> or sometimes, uh, I guess when you do it on the... Is it the same thing? Like a superintendent? Isn't a superintendent over the principal? Like is it the Super same? Nintendo Chalmers over uh, Principal Skinner? Well, but superintendent in that context is over the entire district. Because okay. uh, Chalmers is in charge of multiple schools. Whereas, yeah. I think in Europe, if you say superintendent or headmaster, you're talking about your principal, I think. I'm not sure. Oh, really? Okay unsure to be sure someone will write in and tell us anyway school superintendent chat, chat room is telling us right now superintendent does run the district and then the uh they're the principal principals is that true in the other parts of the world i know that's true here because we i never had a superintendent it was always principal. when you said headmaster that sounded uh, familiar is this um 
It's WTRF.com. I don't know who this yeah, is. Yeah, we don't know where this is. <coughs> Baldwinsville. Okay. Anyway, it says this. Superintendent, uh, school superintendent arrested for drunk driving after he was spotted crowd surfing at a high school football game. So it must be here. Yeah. Uh, according to the Baldwinsville Police Department, Jason D. Thompson was uh, observed by numerous individuals at the football game crowd surfing in the student section of the ba- of the bleachers of the Baker High School. And you might say, oh, no, no, that's just him hooking, you know, uh, he's with the students. He's being one of them. Yeah, he's showing them, you know, exactly. hey, he's we're like, all in hey. together. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. What's up, kids? I'm one of you, you know, one of those deals. Well, several students reported to, uh, to a district staff that they suspected Mr. Thompson was under the influence of alcohol. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Just like the kids. Oh. Uh, a short time later, on 8 p.m., Baldwinsville police officer observed Thompson operating a vehicle without a front plate and saw him make a turn without using his turn signal. They pulled him over. They did the sobriety test, and he was arrested and charged with driving while intoxicated. He had a blood alcohol level of higher than 0.08%. I guess that differs on per state, right? Every state's got their own rule. I think so. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, you think that that would be something that you think all states could agree on. Like how 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 much blood, uh, alcohol in your blood is drunk? Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I, I don't know. We're so big on states' rights here. It's probably just slightly different in certain states, but yeah. some of them have Davis to be Diesel the same. says... Uh, 0.08 was national. He thought 0.08 was national. Is there a federal level? I didn't know that. That's interesting. That would be that would make sense to me because wouldn't you know? Because the science is the same. It's not yeah, like oh exactly. well, if you're that drunk in uh, Idaho, you're well, not going to crash because uh, here in here in Montana our roads are a lot wider, so we we kind of allow for a lot more drinking. Yeah, those people can swing wide, man. By the way, um, that guy kind of looks a little bit like uh, TVZ gun. <laughs> oh my gosh, he does. He's somebody, not here. To show somebody, him please this. check on TVZ God. Make sure he's not crowd surfing at uh, at a high school right there now. There he is. Oh shoot! Hold on, let me pause it. Okay, yeah. this. Guy. Oh look at that! Yeah, there he is, crowd surfing. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's not showing now. There he is. Oh my gosh, TVZ gun. <laughs> he's fled Arizona and is now. Oh my gosh, that's insane. I wish he was here today. I do too. Yeah, I asked him the other day. I said, we don't see you live anymore. Oh, it's my job thing and stuff. And uh, yeah. Bum me out because I like him. I like yeah. his titles. He does good titles. He has good titles. He has good contributions. If I'm not playing Oingo Boingo, but even better ones if I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, this guy's probably getting fired. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hope he wasn't giving a kid a ride home. <laughs> right? Like, I, I get the idea of like, I don't know. You try to you you want the kids to feel, I don't know, that feeling of like, hey, this adult gets us, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. You want to be one of them so they trust you and all that. Yeah, stuff. but I think he's sure. actually maybe an alcoholic who's <laughs> who's crowd surfing, and you know, it's it's trouble. Yeah. It's trouble. Don't be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, story about. Let's get into Ukrainian story here. Okay. Well, Ukrainian story. Yeah. Yes. Story you, about Ukraine. You know how we've been, you know, we follow all the, the hot goings on around the world here on the show. I We're do. very mm-hmm. uh, strict newsmen here at PMS. <laughs> yes, we are. So this is yes. just part of that tradition. Okay. Yes. Okay. 15,000 Ukrainians decide to have a massive orgy if mm-hmm. Russia deploys any nukes, tactical oh, or yeah. otherwise. I don't care which Makes kind. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
They could be yeah, a tactical It doesn't field feel nuke. like they were just looking for an excuse yeah. to have an orgy. Yeah. This feels like something that was well thought out. That's and, right. Uh, uh, definitely feels like a cause and effect. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You can see the relation between those two things. Yeah. You know, like if you, you walk in the rain, you get wet. <laughs> right. The no, nuclear weapons uh, orgy time. Yeah. You set fire yeah. to a house, you get smoke. Mm-hmm. You're going to do a nuke, a whole bunch of people get naked and go for it. That's the deal. Makes sense to uh, me. They decide to do this. The fear of using nukes uh, by Russia against the Ukraine looms over the current crisis, but some Ukrainians have found a creative solution. A large group of Ukrainians have decided to uh, organize a massive orgy to take place on a hill outside of Kiev or Kiev uh, in case Putin does launch the nuclear bomb. Nuclear bomb. I say it Listen right? Listen to you. Nuclear yeah. bomb. Nuclear. My dad used to say nuclear Nuclear. Yeah. And so growing up, everybody, we just got screwed with having to say it that way. My dad said it that way. <laughs> and so what I had to do was I had to train, I had to retrain my voice every time I say it to say new, the word new, and the last word is just clear. Like I've cleared right. my room, I've cleared the space. So new clear. The, uh, the band The Vapors uh, famously had the song uh, Turning Japanese came from an album called New Clear Days, and that was a good way for me to, as a kid, remember how to pronounce nuclear. There you go. New Clear Days. And it now, because of that training or that resetting my brain, yes. the other way just sounds weird to me now, which is what it should do. It should sound weird to say nuclear. Oh, yeah, it should sound weird. Yeah. yeah. But Dunaway does it once in a while, and it makes me laugh. So Nuclear. That was a good On one. my mingo phone. <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> a moist towelette. All right. <laughs> uh, <Raging> Mr. Herman. <laughs> he's, he's really good at those voices. He really is. Uh, more than 15,000 15, have already registered on Telegram for the sex party. The mass orgy will take place on a hill outside the city where the participants will be asked to decorate their hands and colored uh, with colored stripes symbolizing their sexual interests. <laughs> that feels like it's, uh, yeah. again, uh, great for the beginning. Um, those those uh, colored stripes might turn into just <laughs> a a purplish mush, yeah, uh, or purplish blend or brown or something. Yeah, after, they're all going to uh, mix. Yeah, they're all going to mix together. This is where your color <laughs> your color theory training comes into play. There, Ukrainians. That's right. Maybe maybe there's a better place to put those uh, colored stripes. Uh, it says here. I can't believe they even care to put this in here. But three stripes are for. What am I going to do? You look like candy cane. <laughs> Uh, okay, here's what the three stripes are, Brian, in case you go. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, excellent. Three stripes are for anal. <laughs> Any color? Like, this is... Uh... Any color right. just has to be three stripes. And then four stripes, that's for the oral, it says. Okay, gotcha. Don't mix them uh, up, you guys. Make it clear, okay? Uh, Interesting that there's not one and two. Yeah, that's weird. Why not one and two? Yeah. Like one, yeah, one for I this, two for that. One could look like a, <laughs> a, home, a home decorating accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. This yeah. is this seems this seems precarious to me. But good luck to him on that. Front. Boy, I feel like uh, I feel like well, 
feel like those should be in a different order. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like DefCon levels, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't right. feel right when they say, "Oh, we're at DefCon One." Well, wait, is that the worst or the best, or is that what is one? In fact, exactly. I still don't know. I think one is the worst, right? Def- DefCon oh, Four is like DefCon right. Four. It's, it's the opposite of what you think it should be. Yes. Whereas Burns. First degree, second degree, third degree is the worst. Third right, and fourth degree, right? right? The higher you go, the worse the burns are. Yeah. Release well, downs, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. so DEFCON 1 is where you don't want to be. DEFCON 4 is where things are relatively peaceful. Right, exactly. Always And you me. certainly don't want somebody halfway through saying, ah, oh, all right, well, I've had enough of the four-stripe action. I'm going to wipe off one of my stripes and get some three-stripe action. You want that <laughs> stuff to happen in the opposite order. Yeah, I agree. Yes. I agree. By the way, keeping a timer to make sure that uh, we don't go too long on this subject. (laughs) No, yeah. We definitely shouldn't. We have some listeners who don't like it. Uh, All right. Here's a story. Uh, Good luck to them, by the way. Yeah, good luck. uh, Actually, what I hope uh, is you don't have – nobody drops a tactical field nuke so that you don't have to have your orgy. That would be better. I still feel like, you know, if if the nuclear weapons uh, hopefully don't happen – they're going to find some other reason. Uh, if if uh, Walmart closes on Black Friday, we're going to uh, still do our 15,000-person mass orgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. You know what? Don't let the man keep you down. You do what you want to do. <laughs> Ukrainians should be free to do what they want to do. Okay? That's right. You can Putin anywhere you want. Putin. <laughs> Freaking Putin. You know what I hope is they, what? they go, all right, we're launching this tactical nuke. Ready? Oh, whoops, it slipped. Oh, shit, it fell in his lap. Ah, damn it. <laughs> We've blown up if only, Vladimir Putin. Right, if only the, uh, the, the the casualties would be confined to the one person. <laughs> yeah, if we could just have it. I don't even want the Russian people to get hurt. And all of the right, and all exactly. of the Russian army yeah. who are like, we don't like this. I hate, the, I hate that we're doing it. Like, all of you, I don't want any of you to get hurt. What I'd like to see is Putin accidentally trip over one of those things he's out expecting yeah. here's what he does he goes and inspects it uh yes yeah. very nice you have very nice nuclear oh i tripped on wire oh shit boom that's it <laughs> that's what i want oh tracksuit too big i tripped on a uh, leg of tracksuit fell into bomb <laughs> oh well i guess that is end of conflict <laughs> I sound like Boris Badenov. Where is Natasha? Where is Moose? Give me Moose. <laughs> Get me Moose and Squirrel. Ah, bomb. Uh, <laughs> see, we have solutions. We're not just exactly. talking out of our butts. Yes. We know what's up. That's right. Uh, all right, here's a here's your final story of the day. A teen. That's what they're called today. Teens. Yeah. Not a TikTok teen, but just a teen. Just a teen. They're in. They're somewhere between. 13 and 18 is the rule, sure. I think. Sure. Uh, a teen hilariously squeaks after accidentally swallowing a dog toy. Uh, he is, <laughs> this is really great, and I'm going to play audio from this. Okay? This is so 1970s or 60s sitcom. Like, uh, Gilligan did this at some point, didn't he? I, mean, I could have sworn. It feels like a Gilligan move, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So here's this kid. I don't know how loud this is, so forgive me if it's quiet, but basically he swallowed a dog toy, and when you make him laugh, it squeaks. And he's in the waiting room at the the ER, and uh, this is what it sounded like. And this thing went like crazy, did crazy numbers on TikTok and Reels and Instagram and everything. (laughs) Oh, so now he is a TikTok team. Now he's a TikTok team, whether he likes it or not. Uh, So here you go. (laughs) 
time he laughs. <laughs> and again, how he's so embarrassed, he hates it. Oh my god, that's awesome! And it's yeah, I see a little picture of it. It is just like a little white plastic tube, so easy for that to get you know stuck in your yeah and it's not like whoops it got loud all of a sudden um it's easy for something that small if you're dorking around and not paying attention right right you're gonna get it in there look at this kid he's just like a nice kid he just effed up and put a dog toy in his mouth i did stuff like this you could see nick doing this or carter when she was younger hell yeah yeah, totally, yeah. dude. I was putting. Remember, I was putting those screwdriver bits in my nostril when I was his age. <laughs> right. And I'm still. I still can't breathe right out of that thing. So you know. Oh God. BioCal says twenty bucks. Says this starts a deadly TikTok challenge. No, oh, no. I, I, I shudder to think of humanity, but you're probably correct. Gosh, dang it, dude. This will be like Tide Pods or whatever. Right. That ended, right? No one's doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And and uh Nyquil marinated chicken or something, which which probably nobody did until the FDA said, Don't do this. Yeah, that kinda came and went, right? I don't think anybody's yeah. still Yeah. Unless, you know, that is the thing we can no. count on though. That's what's nice. Yes, somebody'll have some dumb trend, whether it's right. a spoonful of uh pure cinnamon or this or anything else. Sure. But then it's people are over it in like two days. Right. Because we don't have right. the attention span for much longer than that. So. Exactly. It's not a matter of uh, of it going awry and, and, and problems there. The, it's a matter of of uh, people just getting attracted by the next shiny object. Yeah. And Icor says, I'm fine if, if stupid people die. The hard part is is yeah. separating stupid from just... when you're gr- When you're a teenager, you do stupid shit because that's part of growing up. And yeah. that's how you learn. That's how you make giant mistakes and then rectify them and and all that so it's harder for me to label that on to kids because i just think kids are going through things mm-hmm. and that's their world but if adults do stuff like this mm-hmm. and they end up in the er or worse yeah. i have a harder time feeling as bad no because i'm true. like you should be over this true. by now like not all exactly. of you are steve-o quit pretending you're 50 year old steve-o <laughs> exactly you quit know. trying to ingratiate yourself to your high school students <laughs> yeah yeah stop it stop it steve-o wannabes yep. anyway uh he'll be okay um he was king of the hospital for the day he was there uh, according to his mom all the doctors and nurses sure. would go in there and I'll be like hey can you make that noise for us so yeah I'm sure and I'm sure the doctors were like hey fetch me those forceps would you <laughs> <laughs> who's who's a good patient who's a good patient yeah okay well what does this say about me I did this last week when when Taylor was in there with the baby every time I go to the hospital this is a little like my towel thing at hotels yeah. Every time I go to a hospital, doesn't matter when. I steal an IV of full of some liquid. No, I never do that. That's weird. But I okay, did. Good. But I always get a little handful of the gloves out of the glove dispenser, the rubber gloves. <laughs> and I always blow one up in the car. And okay. Then yeah. Bounce it around and screw around or whatever. And I've been doing do you that. Do the, since... You don't do the uh, the Howie Mandel thing? No, not on my head. No, I never did that. Oh. I think oh, that's, God, where, you know, he, I, that's where he. That's where he got his shaved thing. head. I should do that. Oh, you could totally do it, dude. Yeah, let me... Uh, Are you freshly shaved Hold today? on, I've got some... Yeah, well, yesterday. Hold on one second. All right, grab one. This is... Oh, you guys, if you were here live, listeners at home, you'd see Brian do what he's about to do for the world. He's about to take one for the team. But chat, for real, like, I I just can't help it. I see him, and I just take two or three of them, and I go. 
oftentimes I put them on before I even leave the hospital. I'm wearing a pair. I got another one in my pocket. So now these are the ones that I, I buy in bulk, major bulk for my, um, uh, oh, for, for 3D print stuff, 3D right? 3D printer, yeah, because the resin and stuff. Like, if I'm changing the resin in my printer, and right now it's currently printing a transparent red Ooh. Uh, kyber crystal holder. Did someone order um, that from, from you? Did you get an order? Someone ordered, yeah, transparent red. Nice. Um, nice. So I'm, I want to get this thing good and stretched out. I don't know how how well, how much of my head this is going to go over. I feel pretty good about your chances given... Your head is not as big as mine. I would never get that over my head. You have a normal size head for I have a pretty. I have a pretty big head, Scott. You do, but it's it's in proportion big to the head. rest of you. You've got a good proportional head. Yeah. Okay. I don't. All right. Let's see here. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn my headphones this way. All right. So I can still hear you. Okay. Excellent. If you're looking for Lando, he went that way. <laughs> <one. laughs> I was just going to say, you look like. Wait, what was his name? Mo, not Lobot. Mo- what is it? Lo- Lobot. 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 I always think Modoc, which is obviously wrong. Oh, look at this. What's going on? Oh, oh. shit. That must have hurt. Did it break? <laughs> it broke. Yeah, it oh, broke in no. a way that like, it broke right up the thumb line. So <laughs> it's going to, yeah. It's just so stretchy. Will it blow up now? Can you make it? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Oh jeez! Keeps snapping because there's no, there's no little uh, rolled up rim on the bottom. Yeah, there's no rim. Cause it tore off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you look like Zoidberg. You got Zoid Zoidberg right. with a burnt face. That was amazing. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I found the sandwich in the dumpster. You, you things do. we do for you people. That's First right. After- First, I have to drink, uh, uh, you know, Kellogg's Eggo Nog with rum in it, and uh, yep. How much of that you got left? Uh, half a jar. Hmm, that's good because then you can spread it throughout the entire celebratory period. You know, yeah, it'll. I, I doubt it'll last much past uh, Thanksgiving. It's um, <laughs> the yeah, next probably visit. not even past Halloween. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, it won't last past yeah, the next visit to Dave's house. Is my guess. The yeah. the problem is. It's a it's a nighttime kind of drink, right? I'm not drinking in the morning, and that's when I have my coffee. And if I have coffee late at night, I have the caffeine issues, and I I you know can't get to sleep. Yeah. But that's when I'd want to try it in there. So I guess I have to make decaf and try it in that. And maybe you try this mushroom business. Maybe it's good. Yeah, maybe a little little uh, <laughs> Appalachian sipping cream in my mushroom water. Your mushroom water. That sounds real good there, Cletus. All right. <laughs> Speaking of Cletus, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Bill Duran, often known as the Cletus of the Pacific Northwest, will be here. He'll, he'll join us and talk about making things. After nice. that, Bobby with some science. All that coming up after this song from Brian. All right, well, let's get to some nerdcore. We haven't played some uh, some new nerdcore on the show in a long time, but the syndicate sent me over this one. This is a band called Q-Bomb, and it's just Q-B-O-M-B. No hyphen, no space, no nothing. Q-B-M-O, I'm sorry, Q-B-O-M-B. 
Cubom. Cubom. Uh, they have a brand new album that's coming out at the end of this month called Hyperpunk, with an exclamation point. Um, they're going to have a Halloween album release show uh, on October 30th in Los Angeles, if you're in that area and you like this. Um, you're totally going to dig this. This is uh, one of the singles from that album. It is Dire Break. Here is Cubom. something special for the man in your life this Hanukkah? Call his doctor and schedule his prostate exam. Shitoutofluck.com
the morning stream. How dare you talk to me that way? And we're back, everyone. Hey, uh, yeah. I need to know who that was so I can write I will down. tell you. You loved it, didn't you? That was I did. so good. It yeah, that's so good. Uh, Q-Bomb. Uh, they have a brand new album called Hyperpunk. Hyperpunk, also all one word, followed by an exclamation point. Uh, that is the song Dire Break. Nice. Dire, dire, uh, does have space. Money for nothing, chicks for free. Dire Break. There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's what uh, that's what Mark Knopfler decided to take in uh, 1998. Mm-hmm. It was a dire break. Can they even play that song anymore? Because it's got that. Um, it's got the F, the uh, the, the, the uh, homophobic slur. Yeah. Uh, even though he's playing a character, but that that didn't stop people from getting mad at uh, Randy Newman. Even yeah. though his "I Love L.A." is a is a character. No, I'm sorry, short people is a character, right? It's oh, not, right. It's not a yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. I forgot about that. I, for, I always forget that's so, even his song for whatever reason. But yeah, I wonder if they made if they uh, did a new version of the song. I know that there's been versions that just have that word taken out, and he says it twice, if I remember. Yeah, because he says the little f word has his own jet airplane. The little f word is a millionaire. Yeah. So what you should so do I'm is say the little rich boy. Maybe just they've... do that. Say the little <laughs> rich boy's got his own jet airplane. The little rich boy's yeah. got a is a million. You could do that. Imagine, yeah, you could do something. Yeah, little rich boy is not offensive. I mean, you could replace it with the other f word, and it would be fine. Oh, see, there you go. Keep it yeah. raw, keep it edgy, but That's right. you know. Push it out of the, uh, the the mean zone. Exactly, and I think uh, if I remember correctly, in the music vi- in the in the video for Money for Nothing, because you've got the two Lawnmower Man era CGI guys. Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> they're watching. Isn't it? Isn't the Prince when Doves Cry video with him crawling on the floor out of the bathtub uh, on the TV? What they show when? Yeah, it's on a little know, TV, t- right? I think when he's it's on a little TV when they're when they're saying that. Yeah. Uh, which is weird. I wonder you have to get. Do you have to get permission for that? They have to call Prince and go, dude. Can we borrow your? Uh, oh, I don't video? know. Because they've all got the little MTV that Bellwe font. Was it Bellwe? I'm trying to remember what the font was. <laughs> that, uh, it was something like that. I know that. Uh, yeah. You know, you look back on it and go, "Oof, that CG is so bad." But at the yeah. time, I remember being blown away by it. Yeah, I remember yeah. going, "What? This is That's the future." I remember. I remember going to uh, an arcade and playing Dactyl Nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> at the time. Yeah, man. It's like, this is so cool. Yeah, oh, cable, cable, K-A-B-E-L. That's right. It felt like it was never going to get better than that, but it did. A lot better. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. A lot better. I mean, um, I already feel like my Quest is great, and but now I'm seeing stuff with the Quest Pro 2 or whatever it's called. And yeah. Quest, well, Quest, that's, uh, that thing's too expensive. 1500 bucks. Too much. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. Well, maybe this guy will build us one. Your bat cave's open there, Bill. It's Bill Duran, who's, you know, probably not going to build us a VR headset, but he is going to come on the show and talk about uh, the world of making things, as he always does. Bill, welcome back. Uh, good to be here. Happy to see Brian's new mashup cosplay. That Lobot uh, Dr. Zoidberg <laughs> cosplay is going to be a hit. At yeah, it's going to be here. huge, right? If, if you're looking for Lando, he's over there. <laughs> That's pretty good. See, yeah. this is I like com- I like the mashups more than I like good, like yeah. I like good cosplay. Oh, I respect yeah. good Zoid cosplay. Pod, right? But, it would be Loberg. Loberg. Yeah. Loberg. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a cool idea. Actually, I really like that idea a lot. 
and you should do it. Because <laughs> they're both like little sidekicks to the uh, to the, to the head honcho. Yeah, mm-hmm. and look how cheaply cheaply you can make it. You've already got the costume half done. All the already, hard parts are done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've already got my my costume this year, which will be we'll do the unveiling on uh, Halloween in just uh, just under two ooh, weeks. Ooh, I two can barely weeks. wait two weeks. Uh, all right. Well, Bill's here, and uh, he's probably got a little something he's towed with him. But uh, Bill, what are you working on these days? What's going on? Uh, so today I wanted to talk about the beginning stages of a project because I am like I am elbows deep in the planning of a new project. Yeah. Uh, so I'm making the. Uh, you guys watch the show Arcane, League of Legends. Oh show? yeah, hell yeah. yes. Amazing. Oh god, that's such a gorgeous show. It's it's what made me not care about Blade Runner black lotus or whatever it was called (laughs) yeah it was good really good so in arcane uh there are these cool mechanical butterflies and jinx takes a bunch of them and modifies them and i won't spoil it but they're really cool i recommend people go check it out sure but it's a like a handheld sized mechanical butterfly so i want to make one of those uh and i've been planning for the last week or so and i want to go through everything I've been doing so far because I haven't made anything yet, but I've done a ton of work. It's going to make everything else better. Nice. Mm-hmm. So let's let's dive in. The first thing will be gathering references. So in the past, I've talked about gathering reference images, which is super useful. Yep. But you might also need things like measurements or color references. <laughs> which is difficult when it's not a physical prop that you can see at an auction or see you exactly, know like yeah. photos auction photos. Well, I assume like even with movies like live action movies it's easier because you have humans next to things and you can mm-hmm. create scale yeah. with that but when it's animated even though these characters are somewhat proportional you still have a little guesswork there right? Sure yeah. Now 3D animated stuff they tend not to cheat as much as far as scaling goes but in 2D animated stuff from shot to shot a prop might be twice as big. It's it's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. So that so what I ended up doing is watching a, all of Arcane again uh, and screen capping all the shots that had the butterfly in it. And I even got a shot of Jinx holding one of them so that I could use her hand and fingers as a scale reference. Oh, nice. Cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So that was the, the first step was just gathering our, our reference images. Uh, and then I drew the whole thing by hand on paper. Actually, I drew it a couple of times. Uh, and I draw almost every single project I make. Mm-hmm. Um, these are drawings that are going to help me figure out what materials I might need. Uh, I will use the drawings as a reference during the build to sort of double check my work. Uh, and it's so cheap and easy to make changes on paper and pencil. It's a lot, <laughs> a lot harder to make changes later when the material you're working with is wood or plastic or metal. So I cannot recommend drawing your project first enough. Uh, even if I'm making like shop furniture, like a, a stand for um, a piece of a tool or something, I draw it, I put dimensions on it, and then when I'm building it, I, again, I can go back and double check that drawing. So drawing is such an important step. It's essential. Uh, you'd say. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's fun. Like I have a really, I love this little drawing. I, I made a really cool side view. I'll tweet it later. But I made a yeah. cool side view of my uh, my butterfly, and it's a neat drawing. Yeah. I love blueprints. I miss the days, like one of the classes that, that I had to take in art school um, for a couple semesters was a, 
not CAD, but it was like a, a dimension dimension drawing or something like yeah, that. Drafting, you, like technical drafting. drafting. Thank you. That yeah. is the word I was looking for. And so we had our, <laughs> you know, we had our our big wooden um, uh, boards, and we'd have our T square that went up and down mm-hmm. the side. And we basically have to, you know, have to do this, and it made it such a cool, like. It made it such an easy way to do different elevations of the same object and see, okay, well, if I make this window um, into this lantern that I'm making uh, 12 millimeters by 52 millimeters, then on this side, it's going to be that big compared to the the top. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of wish there was an – I mean, I know I could just use – illustrator for that sure yeah, yeah really really damn easy but i kind of miss the tactile me too feel of doing it by hand yeah. yeah so i do that like i took my drawing that i made of this butterfly and i threw it in in inkscape which is the free illustrator mm-hmm. uh oh i haven't heard and of i trace it all so i did end up drawing it in a in a on the computer as well and then it'll go into fusion um but you're right, that tactile. And I, I took a ton of drafting and architectural classes in high school. Yeah. And we did that. We had all the I kind of miss it. Yeah, <laughs> I, actually, I know. I do too. <laughs> my mom had, my my mom's uncle was an architect, and when he passed away, she got his drafting table, this giant wooden architect's drafting table. Yeah. And I have claimed it <laughs> to to inherit it next. Yeah. <laughs> it's all yours. Nice. All right. So next, after you make your drawings, uh, acquiring materials is the big one. And uh, something I like to do because I already have a lot of materials on hand is I'll try and design a project to use the materials I already have, which can be really great. Otherwise, you got to buy new stuff. And that's what I've been doing. I did that a lot of that last week. I had to buy a bunch of brass for this this butterfly. Mm. I had to figure out the dimensions I needed. So I have some uh, bar stock. I have some tubes. Tubes that nest into one another to make the legs. Very exciting. Nice. Cool. But I, I, I spent an afternoon going to different websites, checking the specs on the materials, figuring out what I wanted, figuring out how much I wanted to spend. Um, and these materials are going to dictate a lot of the process moving forward. So it's a another place where you can save yourself a lot of time and, and headaches by buying the right stuff. I think you're doing you're you're doing a thing I'm glad you're doing with your description today and that mm-hmm. is this there's a, I think a feeling out there I could you know I don't want to generalize too much but I think when people think of projects like this they think well I'll just get a reference image and then I just you know I can trace this and do that and then boom I'm, I've got my thing and what I'm hearing from you <clears throat> and I'm a big believer in this as well if you really want it if you want that end result to be rad you've got to do all this stuff. Like, even though you're talking about ways of saving time and, and not really cutting corners, but you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. making the most of your time, you're still saying, do the time, do the work. Like, don't just jump in and make the gun or make the thing or the helmet or whatever, like really go, go to town on all this stuff so that you've got the best possible outcome. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe people, maybe everybody just does that. And I'm assuming they don't, but it seems like a lot of people don't think that way. Well, especially with replica prop work, like I know what the thing is supposed to look like, right? Like we can, it's very objective. Right. It, most of the time it's very objective. You can compare the thing. So the goal is to, you have, I have a very clear goal. And as I get better at making stuff, I get better at matching that goal. And doing this kind of prep work, I think is instrumental in getting closer to that goal. Yeah. Uh, it's it's almost like I've built by the time I'm actually touching the materials, I've built this thing in my head three or four times. 
when I did my Vasha Stampede gun, I I drew it. I took millions of reference images. I drew it from multiple sides. I printed it out in 2D, just a 2D side view to in several sizes to see which size felt good in my hand. But I also worked on this thing when I was trying to sleep. Like <laughs> at the time I was having a hard time sleeping, so laying in bed, I would just work on the problem in my head. There's a m- mechanical solutions I had to figure out and you can you can work on a build when you're sitting still. You can work on it in your head and solve problems in your head, which, uh, again, way cheaper <laughs> than when you're 3D printing stuff yeah. by the time you got into those la- last stages. Yeah, use your uh, use your head prototyping instead of your right. material yeah. prototyping. Sure. The <laughs> the last prototype stage, in the, obviously not necessary for everything, but I 3D model almost everything. Um, obviously, the project I'm working on is going to use some CNC, or if it's going to use some 3D printing, then you'll have to 3D model it. Yeah. Uh, so my my butterfly is going to get 3D modeled, uh, but it can be handy for any project. And uh, I know a lot of woodworkers, like our buddy Mark Spag, they'll 3D model their furniture project in oh. SketchUp ahead of time, yeah. so they can pre-visualize the whole thing. But also, they can put together a cut list for their wood from that 3D model, which again saves you a ton of time and also that helps you buy the right materials in the right amount mm. yeah that's, and you've built the whole thing in your head once which is so valuable it's really yeah that is really a smart way to do it i i can do that till the cows come home and i'll print it uh, i'll do the first prototype and i'll still have to make a bunch of changes oh, sure. and <laughs> <laughs> yeah i that's thought sketchup had gone away sketchup still a thing you, um, yeah, oh, yeah. I guess Google sold using, it or something, right? Because Google yeah, owned it for a minute. I need to get back to Fusion 360 because I know that that's a better one. But I've been using Shaper 3D, which is mm-hmm. a a paid deal. But God, it's so easy to use. It's just so stupid expensive. It's like yeah. twenty bucks a month or something, and yeah. and yeah. Uh, I can justify it if I'm constantly making new things to to sell on the Etsy store, but I'm not. So <laughs> I need to get back to Fusion 360. Interesting. I like I like Fusion. Although I haven't tried them all, but I like Fusion. Yeah. Everybody, everyone's a fan of Fusion 360. It's a big one. Uh, well, nice. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see progress on this thing. Is this, is oh, this so your, so like so your next big, big one that you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, will have a video uh, and I'm super stoked. It's going to your... be brass. Oh, oh my brass. gosh. Brass is awesome. What's the, what's the timeline do you th- figure? How long do you think this project's going to take? A couple of weeks, maybe we'll see where okay. we got, we're going to be traveling next week, so I'm not sure, but yeah. two or three weeks, maybe. Very nice. We'll very, very nice. Uh, well, there you go, everybody. Uh, send us uh, uh, send us your thoughts and feelings on uh, some of this stuff. We I always like questions for Bill. So, oh yeah, uh, me too. The morning stream yeah. at gmail dot com. If you guys have any questions about his process or a cool idea you have, you wonder how viable it is, whatever, please do. But Bill, before you go, you always have a little extra link for us. I what do, we do. I have a fun little video here. This is from uh, Barnaby Dixon. I don't know if you guys watch Barnaby. I did. I uh, watched, like, boy, in the 70s, every week, solving <laughs> crimes, Barnaby Dixon. This video. Was, uh, oh, yeah, old Barnaby. Uh, yeah. Always, so always gets his Barnaby, man every time, yeah. This guy's a puppeteer, and he, not only is he, he, he builds his own puppets, he's really amazing, he's a musician, but he built a little electronic music rig that he can play with the puppet. So the puppet's feet step on the buttons but he had to modify all the buttons so that the puppet would have an easier time 
touching them. What a trippy looking <laughs> cool puppet that is. I feel yeah. like it's going to start singing, you remind me of the babe at any moment now. Yeah, like, no <laughs> kidding. That's awesome. So wait a minute. So the so it's a, it's a hand puppet though, right? Yeah. Okay. So the video is a composite of him talking and a video of him with the puppet. Right. Yeah. So there are there are not two people there, but um, he does a really clever job of filming it in a way that he gets to interact with his own puppet. That's I like, so cool. I like the third season of Stranger Things when he starts working at the ice cream store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good, you know, people really resonate does, with that season. Does look as a little for bit that like reason. Steve. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I love that. This is great. This is so cool. This is really, really what cool. What a neat thing that is. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. All right. Sometimes you bring us a bonus link that blows my mind. This is one of those. Yeah, yeah. He, and, and once you go back through his back archive of stuff, you'll just, and, you, and listen to the music and stuff because he's also a talented musician. Yeah. Damn it, yeah. <laughs> Barnaby. Save some talent for the rest of us, Barnaby. That's right, Barnaby. Got uh, Stranger Things looking Barnaby. All right, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Bill Duran, everybody. He is at punishprops.com if you're looking for all this stuff, and of course, follow him on Twitter. His name on there is Chinbeard. Bill, have a great week. We'll see you next time. Later, friends. Cool. Bye now. Later, friends. Very cool. Very cool. The Later Friends coming to Cartoon Network this fall. <laughs> All right. With voices by Frank Wilker. That's right. Finally, Frank Wilker getting some work. <laughs> Got some work. Yep. Uh, all right. Bill. No, Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> I got the tub, double B's today, and I always forget who's I next. If I got... I wonder if I got distracted and I already put sugar in my cup for my coffee. I guess we're going to find out. Oh, have you done that before? Have you ever doubled uh, it up before? Like where you got too much? Oh, yeah. I put sugar in it and then I get, you know, and then we start talking about something. I completely forget that I put sugar in it. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, that'll be fun for you. Let's see how, um, you know, how diabetic you can get in about five minutes. That'd be fantastic. All right. (laughs) Check this out. Science. Hey, science. It is science. And uh, with us to talk science is Bobby Frankenberger, who joins us on Tuesdays to talk a little bit about some science out there. Bobby, uh, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm feeling a little... I'm getting over... I just got back from from a flight lesson. And, oh, how'd oh, that go? There's like, a, there's like a weird transition. Like It feels like two completely different experiences like it's hard when i'm after i when i'm up in flying yeah mm-hmm. it feels like a total like and then i'm back down on the ground and i think back on it it doesn't feel like there's no smooth transition between those experiences in my brain mm. is I don't it know if, is it like that feeling i mean i haven't inline skated in years but that feeling your first steps walking after you've been inline skating for a whole afternoon where it's like ah, i feel like i'm moving all weird and slow oh or like if you've if you've been on a boat for a while yeah 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 yeah. that's a good compare that's probably a better comparison yeah for, i actually don't are, have that feeling <laughs> for people who are not uh, in over the 90s. over a certain age yeah exactly <laughs> i get that when when I, we got home from our boat we still we had the sensation that we were still kind of rocking for about two days mm. it was weird oh wow yeah i didn't like it T- today was a did feel a little weird we we practiced some maneuvers called um they're called ground reference maneuvers, and basically, I was just spinning around in circles over and over again. In fact, I'm sending you a a picture. Do do the track. Whoa! Of, that's what I that's what I did some, today. It's some a crazy tra- Ivans. <laughs> the air. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, for podcast listeners, I was just doing like S turns, like. Uh, swirl like looping around over and over again and doing these big wide turns and basically turning the plane constantly and it just 
it really can take it out of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah that is really cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome, huh. dude. Well, uh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're here. You're back down to earth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, grounded. Here to talk about, I actually have um, a little bit of just a fun little thing to talk about. Um, our good friend, uh, Nikki, Dr. Nikki Ackerman sent me a... Um, a paper saying she was like, "Oh, this would, might be fun to talk about on TMS," and it was a uh, it's a paper called "The Perception of Paleontology in Commercial Off-the-Shelf Video Games." Oh, <laughs> wow! And, um, <laughs> okay. Well, how many of these are begin with the words Jurassic Park? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? I, I've, I'm putting <laughs> I'll put a link to it for anybody who wants to look at it. I'll put a link to it in the uh, in the chat. But um, but it was basically just a sort of uh, a fun little look at um, the history of, of paleontology depiction in video games and where it's come, where it is now, um, how accurate or inaccurate it is, and what science communicators and scientists in general can learn from this in order to better use video games to, to teach science in general. Sure. Or, or 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 maybe or maybe just mitigate the the uh, bad science that is accidentally communicated through video games, you know. Sure, which exists, <laughs> plenty of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, oh, like uh, I'm sorry, I already, like this infographic. I already love the fact that Yoshi is in, <laughs> is in here. <laughs> Hey. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's one of the dinosaurs, and I, I put another uh, quick image into our, the chat there. I don't just so you can look at it if you wanted to yeah. share it with anybody. But it's like a timeline because that paper has in the link that I put in the chat. There's a there's an image that shows a timeline of of dinosaurs in video games <laughs> all the way from all the way from uh, which is already on the face of it is just really funny to me that somebody thought. That this is an important thing that we need to look yes, at. Yes, you know? right, yeah. right. It's, <laughs> it's a well done, like it's a very well done infographic or timeline. By I the way. love stuff like that. I do. Too. Just yeah. like how it looks. It's just super, yeah. super cool. Um, well, that's, this is interesting. I don't know why I never thought about this before, but well, you know. so science depiction in general in video games can often be weird, but but they're looking at paleontology specifically because so much. Of of depiction. First of all, when we think of paleontology in video games, it's almost all dinosaurs, right? right. Sure. Dinosaurs are not the only thing in paleontology. No. But uh, but uh, but it's um, it's almost always depicted as dinosaurs, and some of them, most video games, do kind of a a not great job of depicting. And they broke it down into categories. They of how uh, of the tropes that are that are used to depict dinosaurs and video games so the first trope the most common one they said is ancient death machines the monsterfication of <laughs> dinosaurs right uh-huh. um where the the developers and designers of the game will change and exaggerate the appearance and behavior of animals to to make them appear more aggressive and dangerous yeah um and uh and they say that that while this is of course fun gameplay right it misleads people into in, about how ancient animals lived, how they looked, how they behaved. You think? Um, do you think that the the job of how do I put this? Like, if you're going to play a game like Turok, uh, let's use that as an example. You're literally yeah. fighting big, oh, yeah. scary dinosaurs. 
uh, or you're playing a game like Ark where you're trying to not, tame not them. Even, and, Turok not even mentioned in here, and you think it would be, but I guess oh, it's not. mentioned in I there. I thought it's I saw it. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, 90s. Okay, yeah. It's, it's not on the timeline, but it's definitely mentioned in the paper. Oh, in so. the article. Okay. Yep. Oh, no, here it is. Yeah. It is on the timeline. 1997, oh, first-person shooter, Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Yeah. I guess he's a hunter, not a paleontologist. Yeah. <laughs> when he's not doing science. Turok, dinosaur paleontologist, doesn't have quite the same. But the whole, but my, my point is so much in gaming is focused on the gameplay, on the t- tone or the, the cinematicness or the whatever they're trying to achieve so that p- players are engaged. Do you think that games need to do a better job of being more science focused or a better job of saying, hey, we know this is all hootie patootie and so you should know that going in don't expect a, a science so lesson that's here. a really good question because that's one of the things that i think of is what like what responsibility do game developers really have right yeah if in if you're just making a fun game you know like how and how far do we extend this to other things you know you're famously scott you're into chore core games right yeah, i love them <laughs> but what responsibility does Power Wash Simulator have <laughs> to make this a 100% accurate power washing experience, right? No, that's a great question because, uh, so I started playing a game called Electronic, or no, Electrical Simulator, or Electrician Simulator, um, okay. which is, no offense to electricians, but the idea of doing actual electrical work in a home or something is not interesting interesting to me at all. What is interesting right. to me is taking that as a construct and then gamifying it at least enough gamification that it feels like I'm actually having fun doing a thing that would normally be very tedious and a ton of work and stuff I don't understand. And so a lot of people have come to me after I talked about that game on core and said, so am I going to learn? I would love to learn actual stuff. And I said, there are some things there like polarity and, you know, how, how to, you know, grounding matters and uh, right. turning off your, your um, uh, what do you call them, your fuses before you do certain things and how to test a light bulb without killing yourself and all these kind of things. Right. Like there's a bunch of that in there, but it's like what matters more is that I've got a controller. I can zoom into a thing and right. using an A button, I can do a thing. And like it's they do keep it a game. And that's what I love about chore core games is they're not really simulations of actual work they're gamified versions of those things and so do they have a responsibility i i don't know if they do do they i don't know that that we should i don't know that they do have a responsibility but i do think that there's like being some thinking about where you are on that spectrum of realistic to completely gamifying is an interesting question because it has implications about teaching things there's different types of learning that they even talk about in this paper there's implicit learning which is the unconscious learning of something that you just just happens while you're while you're doing it right right right. so um that could be uh it could be obvious with certain types of games like like i've been playing a lot of oxygen not included which requires a lot of thinking about temperature and physics and how how different materials transfer temperature and and stuff like that and so um that's a great game or or yeah it is a really great game and, and it requires you to think about like different gases and their densities and which ones rise and which ones sink and and the same thing with liquids so you unconsciously learn things like carbon dioxide is more dense than oxygen for example that's unconscious learning Um, and then there's tangential learning that they talk about which is sort of like a semi-conscious learning that that involves self-education 
by by being exposed to something, right? right. So uh, an example of that might be how uh, when I played a bunch of City Skylines, and or in that game, you reach a point where your city can't grow very well unless you've got traffic under control. So I, on my own, sought out like like information that teaches the theory of traffic design and traffic lights and and how you design roadways and stuff like that. That would be more like tangential learning that you're seeking out. Um, in order to to improve your uh, ability in a game, right? right? Right. And I think you see a lot of this in simulation type games. Both of those that I just mentioned are simulation type games, sure, right? Sure, sure. Um, and so chore core games fall into that. But does a game like like Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, have have any responsibility uh, when it when it chases you down with a T Rex, you know? Well, this has been a long, I mean, I remember conversations years ago about this. It still comes up once in a while, but like when, when the U S army, uh, contracted the game America's army to be developed, it was basically a recruitment tool, but it played a lot like a more simish, but, uh, you know, played a lot like your, a call of duty or, or medal of honor and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a real question of ethics at that point to say, all right, well, this is clearly a recruitment tool. And, but can you say it's an actual training tool? I don't know. Like is, did that really make anyone a better soldier? Cause they played a video game and they played it with a keyboard and a mouse or they played it with a controller. That's not the same as a big, heavy M4 in your hands out on a battlefield where you're stuck in a trench trying to figure out where the, where the fire's coming from. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not the same. So, um, I feel like that one is like full of all sorts of moral quandaries, whereas something like how come the dinosaur, you know, was wearing, uh, you know, why did the dinosaur have a Gatling gun strapped to it is a little less, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> less of a problem. That, right. yeah. I think that one is a, a trick. The one, the example you just gave is with the, with the recruitment tool is a tricky ethical question, right? Cause you're, you're, how much are you, are you just, how much are you using it as a recruiting tool versus, you know, uh, desensitizing or brainwashing people into becoming killing machines? <laughs> right. Who knows? Um, so th- that's that's that. But but when you talk about paleontology, I guess there's there's other questions. So an example that they give in the paper of a game that does a good job, they say, of of being a fun game, but also uh, educating and depicting things are games like uh, like Animal Crossing. Mm hmm. Um, where part of what you have to do for, you know, the owl guy blathers, you have to go around and, and collect fossils <laughs> the fossil and bring them to the museum. owl guy yeah. blathers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's and, always uh, sleeping that guy too. I know. What a butt. <laughs> Hate him. So what, what they do really well in there is, is you, you put them in a museum, you can go visit the museum, you can read about the fossils and it's very accurate information. It's mm-hmm. also very diverse. It's not just your stegosaurus and, and T-Rex. Right. There's all sorts of very different ones and they make it really so yes, you can dig in, and that's similar to like how a lot of games will provide journals or diaries that you can just go and on your own seek out extra information through the game. But they like they they call out Animal Crossing in a good way because because they don't just provide it as like a a place for you know nerdy people like me to go and and explore and read. Right. But Blathers will actually um, 
if you go talk to him, and when you give him something, it doesn't matter if you just skip past it. He gives you fun little uh, anecdotes and and fun little in in his speech with you. He like has little fun things he says about the 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 fossils that you give him as well, which provide their own type of unconscious or tangential learning. Right? Yeah, I felt like that that game in particular does a pretty good job of this of yeah. Of, yeah. of going. Okay, well, you went and found this, and yes, that was very gamey. That was you know in the ground and how did you know well there was a little crack in the ground that's how i yeah. knew and you know like that some of that stuff's very hand wavy but when you go talk to blathers he's like yeah that's a such and such which you want to learn more and you say yeah and he's like, okay well these were found in the blah 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 and they lived at a certain time like they're not just yeah. shooting out bull crap that's like actual information yeah. about those but we're also teaching kids that if you find fossils you can go and sell it to those two brothers that's for money right. instead of taking it to a museum capitalism <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But then there's other things that they say that um, are more problematic. Or I, I don't know if problematic is the right word because that term has its own baggage and for other reasons. But it's like sure. tri- tricky um, problems with certain games. Like um, they talk about how you might a game might give try to give the veneer of scienceiness, but misrepresent the science. So an example is, um, did you ever play that uh, oh that, that game? What was it called? It's where you like created a creature and as a microorganism. Oh, and then you Tamagotchi? S- no, no, or, no. Uh, um, the one from the dude that made The Sims. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spore. 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 That's yep. what it was. Spore. Exactly. That's a- so you see, <laughs> man, or as I called it, the penis generator, because that thing was. <laughs> That thing was infamous for that. People would use that creator yeah. and all they would do is make that all day. And at yeah. some point I, I thought, well, did they know this? Did they know when they were making this game that people were just going to make wieners? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't Maybe know. it was it was too early and they, they hadn't quite become <laughs> so cynical about. Hey, by the way, if anyone's yet. paying any attention, that was the only time I've mentioned the word wiener in two days. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, continue on. Oh, we need a wiener counter. Um, <laughs> the uh, a Mad Max one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the um, so in Spore, they're using evolution as a sort of like mechanic, and 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 on the surface, it's kind of like, oh, this is evolution, right? But but it misleads people into thinking that it's you know because it's in the game, it's it's a very directed deliberate process as a player and it's not, and that's not how evolution works sure, right sure so um that's a an example of what they're saying where where the the unconscious learning might happen in a in a in a in a way that you maybe don't want it to sure so. sure this is complicated though right because yeah a fun game an educational game doesn't sound like a fun game Right, but right. sometimes stuff can happen. Like uh, I really appreciate this about Assassin's Creed Origins, and I think maybe yes. Odyssey did this as well. Um, but Origins had a mode; they added it later. It was something they promised in the beginning, and then it came as a patch. But uh, and it still works, and it's amazing. Um, I highly recommend it. But basically, it's historical mode or something. I forget the name or museum they call mode, it tor- tourist mode. I think something like that. Yeah. So basically, you run it in that mode, and now it's no longer a game where you're going to get killed or have to shoot anybody or assassinate anyone now you're just touring the landmarks of the actual ancient egypt that oh, that's that area so cool <laughs> and it gives you all this info like you'll see the sphinx and it'll say 
built during the blah, 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 blah. Pharaoh, Joe, yeah. Bob, whatever, did the blah, blah, blah. And it tells you all this like background information. And it's all, of course, very visual and, and, and high aesthetics and everything. It's an amazing way to... I- to see that stuff. I assume that uh, you can, uh, you know, do that thing where you walk close to a group of people and kind of blend into an existing tour group and not have to pay the ticket fee. <laughs> no. You just kind of blend in with that tour I group. Like, I like where your head's at, but no, it does not do that. Oh, uh, in fact, it's just you. This is a single player experience and it's just you running around uh, seeing it all as if you were in ancient Egypt. It's really, really rad. That I, sounds I really cool, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they actually call out Assassin's Creed in the paper as well for that. And I found it. It's called the Discovery Tour. Yeah. Um. And uh. And yeah, they say that because a challenge with doing something like that is distinguishing between, is making it clear and distinguishing between what is entertainment and what is education. And they 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 point out that Assassin's Creed does a good job of that because it's a mode that you have to enter into. Yeah. So it makes a very clear demarcation. Like, this is the education part. We're not just doing entertainment anymore. We're not, you know, just talking to Socrates and, and sure. <laughs> assuming that this is what he said for real and in, 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 in ancient Greece. Well, right. But, so um, this is a perfect time for a very fast baby break. Come here, bring this baby in there. Show that everybody gets I to love see baby, the baby breaks. Yeah, baby breaks yes. are good. May as well get this out of the way. So hold on a second. Here we go. This is Phoebe's introduction to the TMS audience. You got to hold her up. Son. No kidding. Is this? Oh, is it's this a new baby. Baby. Brand Phoebe's new baby. First internet appearance. Here, I'll hold her. This is first <clears throat> first internet appearance. Here, I'm gonna just put her right here. Oh my goodness, yeah. scaring me. Oh my gosh, she's asleep. <laughs> yo, yo, click that like and subscribe yeah, button. Yeah, do it. <laughs> You've got your YouTube Aww. thumbnail right there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yep. Chop her oh, out of there. Except and we're you all had set. to get. You're supposed to get Phoebe to, to like have drop, a surprise or drop the f word or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work on it. She's so cute. Uh, it's killing me. Was she here for a while? Oh man. Okay. 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 Awesome. All right. Sorry. Uh, so, so we've come full circle. Dinosaurs, babies, and now. Uh, Bobby, how would you how would you sum things up today? Uh, <laughs> Basically, <laughs> if, it's it's just an interesting paper, and it's just a it's a nice like sort of it's like a you know something to think about. Like how do how do games do this? And and I don't think that I'm trying to make a judgment as to what responsibility games have. Games are just making fun games, right? But right. Uh, games mm-hmm. people are doing that. Yeah. And um and it's They're just making stuff to that think sells, about. right? You got if you're gonna sell a thing, you got to yeah. make a thing that sells. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're exactly. le- you're probably less concerned about. Unfortunately, you're less concerned about what you're actually doing. But I think it's stuff. This stuff sneaks in. Like you know, Origins is a good example of that. They didn't have to make that, and they made it free. Yeah. You had right. to pay for it. So did most players mess with that? Probably not. But it was a neat thing to do for no other reason other than to say, hey, there's a chance to actually show this cool world in a, in a, in a more realistic way. And I really appreciate when somebody, you know, when a, when a, when a game does that. So mm-hmm. more of that. And you got please. games on completely on the other end of the spectrum, like Kerbal Space Program, where you literally have to get a degree in. <laughs> yeah, that game. In, it's deceptive because you're like Kerbals. What are they? Oh, they're goofy looking alien looking guys. Oh, these cute little guys trying yeah. to go into space. And then you spend the first 10 hours 
you can't even get a rocket off the ground because you <laughs> forgot to get your uh, your space scientist degree, you know? Yeah, you forgot to get your PhD and then work at NASA for six years as a rocket right. scientist. <laughs> that game is crazy. The fact that but it's... But I, I do love that uh, game. <laughs> well, I think it's such a weird combination of like, it's abstract in the visual way or in the kind of like mm-hmm. Kerbals and all that. But yeah. then you play it and you realize, oh, this is serious. This is like serious business. And somehow that combination made for one of the best-selling, most revered indie games ever. Like, people love that game. Yeah. And it's barely yeah. a game. It's more of a, like, talk about your chore core that's actually a chore. That's the game. And if you love yeah, that stuff, I, it won't be I would have times where I would spend, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to play Kerbal Space Program. And I would never even open the program. I would just spend all day on Wikipedia yep. <laughs> yep. learning the rocket equation. Yeah, if you want to you wanna get into some deep, deep, deep stuff, go watch like full builds on YouTube. They take oh, yeah. forever. And then when they finally get it, it's like you'd think that person was a genius. That thing is insane. Like, I, it's not the kind. It's not my kind of game, but I really respect it for what it is. I love that game. And yeah. there, there's a new one coming next year, and I'm really excited about that. But Ooh, anyway, nice. That um, education in video games is is a cool thing to think about in, in communicating science. But I agree. Um, I know there's a baby that you probably want to get to. Oh, so. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, they're going to be here. They'll be here after the show. So, uh, Well, Bobby, the, the pleasure is always ours having you here. Of course, you have a show. It's called All Around Science. I'd love it if more people knew about it, so tell them where to get it. Yes, it's called All Around Science. Me and my co-host, Maura, we talk about science news all the time. The latest thing in science news that we talked about just this episode that came out yesterday was about the Nobel Prizes. We focused on one, the Nobel Prize in Physics, because uh, it's very complicated. Physics is complicated. It is. Um, yeah. It's been my experience. Who knew? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew I think the so physicists knew. And they, they've been trying to tell us, but we weren't listening. They probably do, yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Nobel Prize in physics for a group of scientists who, who did what all physicists like to do and proved Einstein wrong. Mm. Um, and so talk, we talk about that, dig into quantum mechanics a little bit and and do my best to to try to explain quantum mechanics, which is always hard. You think because phys- I barely understand it. Do you think physicists have they they like music, right? Do you think physicists to be into music sometimes? I mean, they'd have. No, their own I don't taste. think. I think you, that's how they weed you out in <laughs> physics school. If you like music, you're out. <laughs> the reason I ask is I just wonder what a physicist likes. Like, what are they listening to? What's their playlist? Are they well, like? my dad, the physicist, listens to uh, Crowded House. He mm-hmm. listens to classical music. He yeah. listens to... Uh, now, is that Crowded House thing because you turned him on to it? Yeah, because I introduced him to Crowded House, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, does any of the... You know what I was trying to get to? I was trying to get to an Olivia Newton-John Let's Get Physical reference, but it's just not going to happen. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Bobby, have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time. <laughs> All right. Sorry, you need to let me know that that's where you're headed, and I'll, I'll help you get <laughs> no, there. No, no, no. It was a terrible idea on my part to begin with, so that's no one's fault but my own. <laughs> uh, thank you, Bobby, and uh, we're going to now get out of here real quick. Tonight, play retro, 3.30 Mountain Time. I say tonight, it's afternoon. Uh, we are going to be doing an episode in the Halloween spirit and cover the old 16-bit era games, also arcade games, uh, known as the Splatterhouse series. Yeah. Ooh. A lot of people Fun. very fond of those. They were also kind of forbidden fruit for a lot of kids growing up. Mm. Uh, if you were one of those kids, uh, you might like this uh, look back on the controversial titles that were 
Splatterhouse 1 and 2 and possibly a third. I can't remember. And that weird Japanese spinoff thing, which we'll talk oh, yeah. about as well. Anyway, uh, talk about no education in video games. That'll be tonight. Play Retro. Uh, and wherever you get your no, podcast. It teaches you how to be uh, Jason Voorhees in a haunted house. <laughs> That's right. Uh, co-starring our very own uh, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Brian Dunaway. He'll be there with me today. So check that out. Uh, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash TMS. Without you, there's no show. That's truly the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Literally without our patronage, we don't, we're not making this. Truth. So if you, if you like this show, you need to, you need to get over there. Uh, frogpants.com slash TMS for everything else. Uh, Brian, you got anything else before we do a song? I got nothing else. Uh, I'm going to be a guest on Shane Maddox's show tomorrow night, which is um, Disney Nerds Plus, where they review and talk about uh, shows on the Disney Plus uh, streaming network. We're going to oh. be talking about some Marvel she Hulk lady? Oh. Uh, Hulk, Mrs. Hulk, I think what? is what it's called. Are they like married yeah. or is it they just dating or what is it? I think dating uh, they're they're uh, <laughs> Dr. Yeah, Banner yeah. and some chick. Is that what you're saying? So, exactly. Yes. All right. Exactly. Hey, by the Dr. way, I saw Shane. Was Dr. In, David, not Bruce Banner. Didn't, uh, didn't Shane just in, uh, just did a Vegas uh, trip or he something? Did. He did. That's why we're doing episode seven of She-Hulk instead of the finale. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, crap. Well, now I got to rewatch seven to refamiliarize myself with it. And then on your show, pretend I don't know what happens in episode eight. Well, I really like Shane, and he did a yes. he did a bunch of great TikTok videos of him just holding his camera out in selfie mode in Vegas, and then just rotating around in 360 degrees and not really making a face. Because you know that face yes. he has, which is just kind of like it's like resting snark face. He kind of has. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just him just kind of going and spinning around. With his yeah, Freebon Street. I saw the Freebon Street ones. <laughs> I love that stuff. It's yeah. great. Shane, if you're listening, that stuff's awesome. Anyway, well, I look forward to hearing that. That'll be good. Yeah. Diz Nerds. Yeah. I like that name. Diz Nerds Plus. Diz Nerds yes. Plus, everybody. Um, all right. Give us a song. You got a song? Sure. MooGyver wrote in and said, uh, my great aunt passed away at the age of 95 last week. We were close, and she was the last link we had to that generation of my grandparents and the matriarch of that side of our family. I love Stone Temple Pilots and their song Fare Thee Well Feels Right. I know it's fairly recent and there might not be a cover. So if there isn't, I leave it up to Brian's eminent knowledge and wisdom to pick a good substitute. P.S. Scott, I'm glad you and Kim enjoyed the Tim Tams I brought for you at BlizzCon 2014. If I get the opportunity to come back again sometime, I'll make sure to bring you more. Thank you both. Signed, MooGyver. We did love those. Those were fantastic. Oh, yeah. I don't know did if I'm you allowed do to the- eat them now. What do you, you bite both ends of it off and use it as a straw for for chocolate milk or something? Kim did that. Um, yeah, I think she was the she knew right away to do that. And when I yeah. when I saw her doing that, I went, "Wait a minute, this is what kind of dark magic?" How did you, you know to do that? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea, yeah. but they were great. Uh, they are member. That's how memorable these were. Because as soon as you said Tam Tams, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, BlizzCon, yeah. Tim, I remember Tim Slam. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Anyway. That's great. Cool. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I don't have a cover of Fare Thee Well, but uh, listen, we all love uh, Interstate Love Song. And we love the version that's by Reliant K from their Reliant K is for Karaoke EP Part 2, which came out, oh, my God, 11 years ago. I can't believe that album is 11 years old. Wow. Um, we need a Part 3, or we just need more from Reliant K. This is the K. first time I heard about that. It was on either either Coverville or here, and... It still makes the rotation around here. We love yeah. those those part one and part two uh, oh, covers. Oh, they're so good. So yeah. Good. 
Uh, all right, so here's Reliant K covering STP and Interstate Love Song. Sounds great. We'll see you guys tomorrow for a Wednesday edition of TMS. show is part of the frog pants network frog pants network get more shows like this at frogpants.com kids eat free oh kids eat free